My name is Heather Henry. I'm a nurse and also a podcast journalist and health management consultant. I'm talking to John Wharton, who's the head of quality at NHS Warrington. In this interview, I'll be asking John about some of the work that he did last year when he was a district nursing coordinator. John was seconded onto the Warrington Clinical Commissioning Group and he led some excellent work on something that seems to be a real problem in many places, redesigning the community anticoagulant service. I think highlighting this sort of work is very crucial right now because nurses have been offered their seat on the clinical commissioning groups. And here I think we have a great example of how and why nurses can make a real difference, whatever their level in the organisation. So, so John, I'd, I'd just like you to um, start out by by just explaining what the problem was with the anticoagulant service. Well, I felt that the problem, there wasn't a, a problem that was massive there. It was just a problem of it being a very um, fragmented service. It was a service that really didn't particularly meet the needs of the patients successfully. And it was a problem for many of the patients to access the service. It was, uh, well, let me put it into some context. It was based in the major part of the uh, acute sector. It was in the outpatients department. There was difficulties in keeping to timed appointments. There was difficulties in for the patients to park the cars. There was difficult for them to access the clinic from the parking area in the hospital. Um, I spoke to a number of the patients and they all more or less, a thematic analysis was that they all more or less were experiencing the same problems of being able to get to the clinic and indeed not being seen at the time that had been given to them. I then felt that it was really important to speak to the staff who were, who were providing that service at the time and I discussed with them about what their views of that service were. Doing some research around the area we found that there was a number of areas that the PCT regularly paid a rent for and those rooms were really being used to capacity. Now we needed to identify how best those rooms could be used and how best we could actually get the service in again to meet the people's the, the, the needs of the patients. So really important aspect of, of doing this was to do a postcode search mm -hmm. of all the patients who went to the clinic look at the area where there was the greatest need and look at did we actually have rooms that were available that were being paid for that actually weren't being used to their full potential. So in doing that we identified that areas in the south and areas in the west and areas in the east of the area were actually big areas that lots of patients from those areas were accessing the clinic that actually we could bring to them and that we could actually get a better service for those patients. So that was really the ethos on which the the service was based. Now, to do that, you have to have stakeholder involvement. So it's all well and good me thinking this is the right thing for the people, but actually I needed to speak to those people. Indeed, those people could have been quite happy to stand queuing or waiting for a seat for two or three hours. So I needed to, to, to liaise and to discuss and pull together a group of patients, um, uh, members of the anticoagulant providers and also one or two managers from the acute sector to discuss how we could best improve that. And we were all agreed that 
to trial this service in a community setting would be very advantageous. Once we had stakeholder involvement, once we had agreement with that, I also needed to ensure that the service was going to meet the um, good practice really. I wanted to ensure that all the areas that we had identified where a service could be provided actually did have somewhere to park a car that you weren't going to be queuing up, that they did have somewhere where they could sit um, you know, and probably wait, uh, possibly not as long as they had done in the acute sector, that the rooms were pertinent to the needs of the patient, that yes, there was a telephone in the room to make sure that the, the um, anticoagulant staff could contact the doctor if needed, that there was an electrical uh, socket there for us to use the machine, that there was somewhere to wash hands after they had blood taken. So whilst these are all small areas, they were so pertinent to making sure because it's foolish to think that you can bring a service out of a hospital when actually it's just going to be exactly the same service. Mm -hmm. You need to look at outcomes, you need to ensure that there's going to be quality there and you need to ensure that actually that service is going to be a better service. Now, one of the other areas that we needed to look at was actually proportioning appointment times because there seemed to be a general consensus that the earlier you came, the sooner you got in to the service but that actually wasn't fair because there could be a number of people who were always getting the late appointment because they were originally you know previously late so that wasn't fair to them so what we started to do was when the patient came in to be seen by the anticoagulant uh, practitioner in the community we would then negotiate an appointment time for that patient to be able to come that was pertinent to them and indeed we would be able to cut down on the waiting time that they had previously experienced when they were in the acute sector. So they moved from all arriving whenever they wanted yes. and the, 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 the usual experience of them getting up really early and coming and That's being right. first there yeah. to as they came they started to get an appointment system in place. They did and we started with by all means you can come earlier if you choose but your appointment will be 10 o'clock and if people come after you who have appointments before so everybody was aware that actually there was a structure to those appointments and those appointments were very very important in ensuring a quality dimension to it because again if you just do the same service that was in the acute sector and allow everybody to come at the same time then that really isn't an improvement it's just really replicating something that didn't actually work a number of those patients had had or had had a stroke so we needed to ensure that actually when that person was either brought or, or actually came in the car that there was easy access for wheelchairs to get into those areas because that was very very important and that was something that came up at the stakeholder meeting that patients were experiencing difficulties of parking quite a distance from the hospital and then having to you know the the, the colleague a partner whoever had come with them then trying to negotiate taking a wheelchair through a very busy car park. Imagine winter time, a very bad day, and you're trying to get a wheelchair in out of a car park with someone who's unwell to get into a hospital. 
and it's bucketing it down, raining. So just to recap, because it seems to come naturally to you, John, so I'm just going to pick out some of the key points that you just raised there. One of them was stakeholder management and stakeholder mm. engagement mm. early on. Mm. And it sounds like you, you thought about that right from the start mm. and you thought about things from different people's perspectives. Mm. What would mm. the hospital think? Mm. What would the patients mm. crucially think? Mm. What was the nurse's perspective mm. on this? Mm. What was the perspective from the community settings that you might move them move them to absolutely but you can't implement change if you don't negotiate change and it has to be as as practitioners we are negotiating all the time with patients Mm. aren't we we're constantly maybe giving advice and negotiating the best way of treating conditions uh that that's pertinent for 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 the patient but i equally think that if if change is just implemented and someone says that as from next monday you no longer come here you will be going to you immediately get a negative response if you pull together a group of interested people to talk about this is the service at the moment does it actually meet your needs are there ways that we could improve that then i think that that is definitely a road to success and it's definitely a road of engaging people who have an interest who have a, you know who are regularly attending the clinic to actually involve them and there were some comments that came back to me of um not that they wanted the service to stay as it was but there were some good points about the service they had a terrific rapport with the people who were providing the service with the technicians who were providing the service and they were concerned about would those technicians no longer be providing that service again it gave me an opportunity to actually address at a very very early stage what the format of the clinic would be the clinic would actually continue to be provided by the staff that they built up a good relationship with the difference being that the service would be nearer to home it would still be provided by the you know the staff that were proficient but it was also as much about the service will be nearer and that was a very very important factor what what struck me in what you just said was the bit about nurses having skills around negotiation and i hadn't thought about it before but you're absolutely right that quite often they have to negotiate and they have to bring a number of partners together and this is replicated in this Mm. particular example Mm. of what Mm. I call good commissioning Mm. Mm. um, that you managed to identify who the stakeholders were and balance out uh, people's views and crucially what I've not heard in many bits of commissioning is that you negotiated with the patients on a quite a personal level um, and and based on their concerns about relationships particularly older people Mm. Mm. in my view Mm. tend to build relationships with with their clinical partners Mm. Mm. and they get quite concerned as to whether very much so very much so but that that point you know as practitioners if you go to a multidisciplinary meeting, you're there to advocate on behalf of that patient. You're there to be able to say, this is what I can bring to this person's care. This is the dimension that I will add to their care. And I think it's very important that as practitioners, we look maybe we're not as myopic as we have been and we look at services and think how could those services actually be improved for my patients? My background is as a nurse I do bring a clinical slant to commissioning and I think that that is very very important because I do see it as 
from a, a, a patient's perspective. And for me, the patient journey, whilst being met within the acute trust, actually could have been improved upon a great deal. And that was really the, the, the what galvanised me into changing and negotiating. But it is very important about talking to the patients about the patient journey. One of the comments that I had was from a lady who had to travel quite a distance to the hospital and she didn't mind that in summer but in winter it caused her quite some concern because when she left the clinic sometimes it could be as late as half past four quarter to five in the evening it was dark and she felt quite vulnerable standing in a bus station with a lot of young people and now taking that service to her locally has removed that vulnerability and she's very fortunate that it is almost literally on her doorstep. So in lots and lots of areas we've actually been able to make the service uh, more accessible for people. I think that sometimes people don't like the idea of going to hospital. There are still, and particularly older people, are still little bit reluctant to go to a hospital if you have something in the community if you have something locally based then you are more likely to have people actually turning up at that clinic see one thing that struck me about what you said so far is that everything that you were thinking about redesigning you were re redesigning from a patient perspective mm. first mm. Mm. and that's really um the way forward nationally mm. it wasn't your second thought for a nurse it seems to be the, f the first thought mm. and then you started thinking about well what about the staff mm. you know mm. what about the hospital what mm. a, you know but it mm. was from that mm. patient perspective mm. but there seemed to be quite a lot of win-wins in, yeah. oh, in, in this work definitely well I think that if you do start from that perspective if you do start looking at uh, the patient journey and you know as commissioners and as I think that lots of people do this unintentionally we do look at government drivers we do look at the data of the day but in some cases we might not actually focus on that individual how does that change in service change Mrs Brown's patient journey who provides that service who actually looks at improving that service how do we measure if that service actually has improved Mrs Brown's um, care delivery. So I think that you're absolutely right and I think that as a nurse that's what we do bring to looking at services. We do look at the way that services are commissioned from a patient's perspective but also we need then to speak to patients about how effective that service is for them. One of the areas that, that I learned from this was that there were I'd already identified through the postcode search that in the south of the area we had a greater amount of patients accessing the service so we set the service up in the south now the 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 transportation was something that I had looked at but dare I say I had generalized or assumed that most people would be able to access that service but when I looked back at the local transport route, the transport route didn't actually take patients to that area. They took them into the town centre and then some patients needed to get another public transport to move to the clinic. So what I did was that I, instead of providing two clinics in that area, 
I spoke to a local GP who said he was quite happy and we moved one of the clinics so we have one clinic in one part of the south of, uh, of the area and then we moved to the other clinic to meet the other needs of those patients. Yes. Now because there were fewer people attending that clinic so in another part of the area again there was a number of patients who could access that service but wouldn't need to access it on a weekly basis. So what we agreed was we would alternate the clinic between two areas, one in the south and one in the west, and we would be able to provide that clinic. So we are using all the manpower, all the patients are being seen, and again, they're being seen actually locally as opposed to having to leave their area. Mm. So it was it's sometimes actually looking at the, the, the project never assuming that it's perfect for everyone, going back and looking and speaking again to your stakeholders and, and indeed to the patients accessing the service, like we do as nurses, assess patients, make a plan for patients, evaluate that plan and actually sometimes have to tweak that plan. So really what I did was move my nursing um, experience into commissioning and work it that way. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because that has been my view all along that those steps, uh, assess, plan, implement, evaluate, yes, yeah. are exactly the same steps that are in commissioning. Mm. You know, mm. I, I debunk commissioning any day of the mm. week. Mm. It's it goes down to mm. those levels, it does. and since nurses are trained in that way anyway, mm. then I think it does it does come quite mm. naturally mm. to them. I wanted to ask you about how long it took because that's a very it sounds quite detailed and and mm. for people listening they might think mm. I haven't got the time to do that mm. and I know that obviously you were working in clinical commissioning at the time and that made a difference but but how long did it take and who helped well I think that um, that the, the project as a whole took possibly about three months to really firm up together and I, I would also say to you that, that for, for nurses we're very good actually at starting projects and thinking to ourselves that there's only us who can actually complete it and start it and finish it but I think it's very very important that if you are doing something regarding changing a service that you actually give people roles so I within the stakeholder group I worked with a, with a lady and a gentleman who, who, who were quite uh, eager to move that service forward. And I would say that sometimes I'm not able to attend all the meetings. Can you feed back to me? And I also did that with the pharmacy staff as well. I would have regular meetings with them. There were some people who, dare I say, didn't particularly want to leave their comfort zone. But with them being empowered to be part of that change that moving from comfort zone didn't actually seem half as traumatic as it actually looked at the beginning. So we do think it is sometimes about you stepping back. And again, we do that as nurses, don't we? We do step back and we do actually then start promoting patient independence. And this was actually as much, yes, I had started the ball rolling, but equally it was very much about the patient's about the staff from the who were currently providing the service actually moving together um i would say that if you do give people roles if pieces of work to contribute they will definitely come back to you and they will definitely be part of that change uh, management initially once we had firmed all that up with the with the provider with the patients we started a pilot service and we did that i would say for about 
for five sessions and on each session I would go to and speak to the patients, speak to the staff, how is it working? And really important, this is so important, it's not taking anything for granted. I was very fortunate that a lot of the practices that allowed me to take those services into in, in, into their um, into their practice were people I'd worked for in the past, so I had a good relationship with them. But I think it was very, very important that I regularly attended partners' meetings, A, to thank them for taking the service on, and B, to keep them informed as to what we were doing, why we were doing it, how it was actually improving the patient journey, and how it was actually improving patients, their own patients within that practice. And I think that that is very, very important. So, so a key thing that nurses have is the relationships that Absolutely. they already have yeah. with the primary health care yes. team and also stretching into secondary care yes. yeah. here. And you you built on that because having having worked in, in, in district nursing, it was obvious mm-hmm to you to go to certain people because you knew the patch that's right you had that in that's in-depth right. knowledge i just wanted to just take you back to clarify who was on your stakeholder group on the stakeholder group we had a number of patients we had two members of the service who were currently um providing that service in the acute sector and we had a manager from the acute sector as well who was manager over that service and and in terms of um, linking back into the clinical commissioning group, mm. um, you, you just will you just explain the, the structure of how it worked at that time? This was last year, obviously, and mm. it's, it's different today. How you reported and, and what sort of help and advice they gave you? Right, well, we were very fortunate because um, the clinical commissioning group at the time composed of mm. uh, myself and a practice nurse and a number of commissioners, a number of GPs, and I think we also had a consultant from the hospital. And we would have a fortnightly, sometimes a monthly meeting to look at projects that we were working with and to be able to report back to, again, not dissimilar to a multidisciplinary meeting of this is where we are, how can we actually improve that? These are the areas that we're currently looking at. So again, it was about utilising the doctors, the managers, the commissioners' skills, advice to be able to move that forward. And I felt that that was very, very important. Um, again, I also felt that because we were all maybe um, eager to move that forward because we recognised that the current service wasn't as good as it could be, then I think that we had a great support. So again, I think that takes back to your, your um, the point you've just made. It really is very important that you have very good relationships with the GPs and with anyone who is going to actually um, take on that project with you and work with you. You do need to constantly report back on how it's moving. You need to also take advice where necessary and maybe discuss potential problems. Um, We'd also done some work previous to this about changing a DVT pathway. So again, the doctors already knew that, that here were a team of clinicians who wanted to make a bigger impact, who wanted to make changes and who wanted to work to improve patient care. 
I would also say to you that it's very important when you are actually managing something like this to make sure that all that the service actually is going to be a safe service. You need to negotiate with the provider that all training will be their responsibility and also to ensure that that training is always to a high standard. I think that, as I say, I didn't for uh, any time at all doubt that that wouldn't be done. But I do think that as practitioners, we sometimes have a um, assumption that everybody is possibly working to our own standards. And sometimes we need just to ensure that everybody actually is. Well, obviously, I've, I've observed um, you working. And the thing that I observed about that clinical commissioning group and your role within it which I'd like to share is that as well as the relationship it, there was mutual respect and trust mm, mm. which had actually come from bits of work that you'd yeah. already done yeah. not only within the clinical commissioning group but within your clinical mm. role mm. as well mm. and and it's it was sort of further developing and I saw the relationship mm. not not just between you and the group but between the nurse mm. the practice manager mm. the GP mm. you mm. Um, grow in a way that I'd really not not seen before mm. um, we, you know it went through the forming and storming stage mm. but it's, it quickly got onto the sort of norm, norming and performing mm. Would, mm. Would, would be my observation of that but I also think as I say because you've already demonstrated your commitment to patient care as a nurse you, 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 you've already built that relationship yeah. and I think that as nurses sometimes we don't actually recognise our full potential of being able to do that and I think that the changes that we see in now in healthcare provision should we should actually be fully embracing those changes and we should be at the forefront of saying yes we want a voice we want to be part of patient change because guess what we have a great interface with a lot of patients and we should be the very people who advocate at all times it's about you as a nurse looking at the area in which your practice is and looking at those health needs of that population. And that is very, very important that we do have an opportunity now of working with GPs as commissioners, but also being able to actually influence that decision-making process from a practitioner's perspective and being able to say, that that is terrific, but could we also look at adding whatever into that commissioning because that would capture another group of patients who also have health needs and and you know we have a caseload we have a geographical area that as either community nurses or indeed acute nurses you are responsible for patient care and it isn't just about being responsible for that dimension of physiological problems it's about you being aware of the environmental problems, being aware of the geographical problems, being aware of... It's no good commissioning a service, as I found out to my cost, that sometimes tra public transport isn't as good as you would like it to be. It's about us actually knowing that area, knowing those patients and being able to address their needs and that is absolutely fundamental. I was going to ask you about skills but you've given so many <laughs> examples of the sorts of skills that the nurses have and what I wanted to draw out, which I think you, you have done, is that nurses have many skills many. Many. and that they sometimes they don't know no. how many 
they have but you've found your voice in in mm. commissioning mm. um but what advice would you give to nurses because they have a lot to say when you actually speak to nurses in groups or one-to-ones they have a great number of ideas because they see it from mm. the sharp end they see mm. it across the patient pathway what advice would you give to nurses and those who might receive their advice mm. about how to get their voice heard I think that as a nurse, you are in a fantastic position to actually make wonderful, wonderful changes. I think that it's very important that you collectively, as a group, sit down and discuss an area that for you might be an area of concern. It might be something that you're not happy about, the way that patients are accessing a service or how that service could be improved upon or indeed how you could improve that service as a practitioner. I think it's very important that you actually go to your senior nurse. I think it's mighty important that you go along to your represented probably federation uh, member of a future GP consortium and you actually liaise with that person and talk to them in depth but it's also very important that you've done your homework and you've actually got an awful lot of data analysis patient information how that service could be changed rather than just going and plonking a problem on someone's desk we don't do problems in nursing we fix problems and we fix them very very well so why would we expect to just go to a senior nurse or indeed to a doctor and just say this is the problem we're having do you want to bring it up so go with solutions go with solutions. as well as problems yeah and you'll be listened to absolutely with the absolutely. data and you'll be listened to yes. m- more closely the, the, the final point really I think is how are things now how do you know that the service is improved it sounds natural and logical but mm. what sort of feedback mm. are you getting well it's 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 very strange you should ask that because I did a paper for the board some time ago and I just went through some letters I received when the service was changed and the appreciation was absolutely fantastic with please don't ever change this service and it works so well for us and one of the letters that came to me was from a lady who had written to say that her son or daughter-in-law had to take uh, an afternoon or a morning off nearly every fortnight or every third week to take them to the clinic and now they don't need to do that and this person feels as if a she's found her independence because she's able to access the clinic by herself without relying on someone and b these people don't need to take time owing or annual leave or whatever it is so that was a very good feedback for me but i also needed to go back to my stakeholder group really and pull that together and talk about how has this benefited and yeah we had a lot of very very good feedback about how good the service is and how you know it's been localized but equally there are some patients who you know still like to go to the hospital for some reason or other and as such those patients are still allowed to go to the hospital it is about patient choice it is about informing it is about giving people that opportunity to choose where they have their service one of the letters and i will finish uh, um, on a, a humorous note is that one lady liked to go back to the hospital because she had a hair done after she'd been seen and that to me was just as good a reason 
as a not as a you know wanting to come onto the community it suited her it suited her lifestyle it is about us as nurses actually looking at the individual not generalizing that one suit will 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 fit all it's about talking to the patients how would this work for you implementing that evaluating it and yeah you will get some patients who actually prefer what they once had don't take that as a negative actually take that as you've demonstrated that for some patients it works in fact for the majority it worked very very well but there were one or two who wanted to go back to the hospital that was no problem with me they had a good enough reason to do that and that was fine so 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 john just just tell me did this cost anything to change the service actually it cost nothing at all it was through negotiation, it was through um, using the stakeholder groups, it was through actually identifying through um, the contracts that uh, the in the community uh, to look at the, the, the use of space and it was actually a project based on utilising services that are out there that weren't actually being used all the time. So in effect the change cost 0.00. Fantastic. John Wharton, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.